0: A tool for people to connect with the universe and begin to understand it.
1: TalkZone.com, Internet Talk Radio.
0: This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show.
1: If you do business online with a major company, and many of us do, there's a chance your info was compromised in recent days. What to do? We'll have the facts.
2: Right now, these companies all have a big problem. The relationships that they built or tried to build online by using email are now out the door. Then, in
1: today's world, teaching your kids the ABCs of saving and investing could literally change their lives for the better. We'll have this story. I think it's really simple. First of all, seeing money. Most kids these days see the credit card, the plastic. They have no idea that there's money behind that. Those two stories and much more are coming your way on this week's edition of InfoTrack. Stick around. The show gets underway right after this break.
0: Infotrack. The weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting.
1: In recent days, you almost certainly heard in the news that someone broke into the system used by dozens of major companies and stole millions of email addresses. There's a good chance that yours was one of them. InfoTrack's Roy Mackey is here to find out what you need to know to protect yourself.
0: Roy? Thanks, Chris. Our guest is Lily Coney, Associate Director of the Electronic Privacy Information Center in Washington, D.C. For people who may not have heard the full story of this email breach, just tell us the basics of what happened.
2: Epsilon provides a service to major companies related to email management for their customers. What happened was Epsilon's database was hacked and customers' data. For their clients like Walgreens, TiVo, Capital One, Best Buy, the email addresses along with the names of the persons whose email address they accessed was disclosed.
0: So the information that was stolen is not necessarily the means to steal someone's identity, but email addresses in themselves are certainly valuable.
2: Well, depending on what you mean by stealing identity, if they spoof the email address and send it to someone, then yes, You, in fact, could do some form of identity theft just because you have the email address. But more importantly to consumers is the ability to be deceived into thinking that a trusted party is sending you an email when, in fact, they're not.
0: Epsilon has not been particularly forthcoming in this incident. Do we have any idea how many people have been affected?
2: No, and we probably don't have a full list of the companies whose data was breached. But the critical thing to remember is a lot of the scams that have been run online have guessed about your relationship with a financial institution or some other institution. This makes it possible to tie the email address to a particular relationship that a customer currently has.
0: I'm sure a number of people this week who are listening to this have gotten email warnings from companies that they deal with. That's one thing I think that is most disconcerting is the types of companies. These are major companies that people deal with on a daily basis, Best Buy, Walgreens, Target, Chase. It's kind of a who's who of American business.
2: It is, and the most distressing thing is that the same messages that they would send, that would be legitimate, a scam artist could send, and it not be legitimate. Most places, the email is not just an email, it's used as a long-on. One half of the information you need to access your account with this very well-known entity. Therein lies the biggest issue. When we talk about privacy, we talk about data collection, retention, and use. Our number one goal is if an entity collects information and they retain it, they have to protect it. Because if you don't, things like this could happen.
0: You brought up an interesting point. I understand that the companies involved who are now informing their customers of the problem essentially have no legal liability in this.
2: It depends on the state. Most states have some type of breach notice law, which is the bare minimum is to inform a customer of a potential breach. Some breach notices specify what kind of information would trigger a breach notice. The fact that there is no blanket protection for personal identifiable information, such as an email address. Is a gaping hole in data protection in the United States. If this was in Europe, you would have a level of protection that would be much greater and an obligation on the part of the data collector to protect that information. People provide information to a trusted entity, their bank, their druggist, or this box storefront that they walk through the doors. They see the people. They trust this entity. So they give them data. They give them personal information. What they don't know is what happens when they do hand that data over, that it doesn't just stay in the hands of that company, that they may, in fact, share that data with a third party. And because this company had a reputation in the business world, lots of companies trusted them and provided them with information on their customers. There are lots of scenarios that can come out of this that won't be good for customers. One, your email address is a form of personal identifiable information that can track you over databases and over time. So if you use the same email address for a number of different relationships you had with companies whose data was breached because Epsilon was their service provider, then all those relationships are now exposed to potential scams that can be run against people who think they may be dealing with a trusted entity when they, in fact, may not be.
0: Our guest on InfoTrack is Lily Coney from the Electronic Privacy Information Center in Washington, D.C., and we're discussing that massive email breach that occurred earlier this week that you may have heard about. It seems harder and harder to avoid sharing your email address with companies like this in the first place. Is that something that people should think about, and is that even possible today?
2: The reality is, for privacy protection, it's not about never sharing information with anyone, because in a digital economy, sharing information is just fundamental, even in a paper economy. When you apply for credit, when you want to get a service provided, you give information, and the information was used to provide that benefit and service. In the digital, Digital economy instead of that information just being used for the purpose that you provided it for it's now being used for lots of other purposes that have nothing to do with the original collection, which is the violation of your privacy. We have to have laws in place to govern the collection and use of information that make sure that fair information practices, which are the underpinnings for privacy protections around personal information, are in place. Otherwise, this is one that you know about, that consumers are learning about. But there are many, many other relationships, many, many other companies like Epsilon that provide comparative types of services to large institutional customers But there is no protection in place to make sure consumers won't bear the brunt of a poorly designed or poorly implemented data protection plan or policy.
0: Lily, what kind of things should companies be doing to protect this sort of data?
2: It has a lot to do with when data is handed over, that they do not engage in data over collection that they don't retain anything longer than they need, that they take policies and procedures that are proven to secure data and use those, like digital signatures, instead of email addresses. It's a back-end solution, but if there were a breach, they could have changed all the digital signatures in a matter of hours at most, which would have made any of the data that was captured not usable. Right now, these companies all have a big problem. And that's one that their customers can be taken advantage of and that the relationships that they built or tried to build online by using email are now out the door. Anyone who is a customer of these companies receiving an email right now cannot be assured that that email is in fact coming from that business or entity. That's the problem.
0: You described a moment ago some of the things that companies could be doing to protect their data better. Is that something that you think needs to be put into law that essentially is forcing them to do?
2: Absolutely, because let's face it, you have some companies out there that are going to be doing the very best they can using the most advanced techniques to protect the data that they collect. Some of the companies that are listed as having their emails breached have very stringent, very strong data protection policies, privacy protection policies regarding their employees, what they can and cannot do with data. But this third party company they're doing business with, they've had a breach, and it's going to affect these companies who were in business with them. Without a law, you're not going to have across the board compliance. You're not going to have a level playing field. New entrants into this business model need to operate on the same basis as the established companies that are out there working in this area. And there should be transparency. Customers should know who has access to that information. That's another principle of fair information practices, that you know that there's another company out there that they're sharing your information with all these entities and for what purpose and making sure that the purpose is related to the collection itself. If Epsilon exists, customers should know that name just as well as they know Walgreens or J.P. Morgan Chase or any of the other companies that they trusted with their information. It shouldn't be a surprise that there's a company called Epsilon that one of these companies that you trusted shared your information with.
0: Do you have any final words of advice for consumers on how they can protect themselves in the future?
2: The most important thing that consumers can do is be aware that these things can happen, that there is a need for a level playing field, that information practices to protect themselves from whomever is out there collecting information about them are in place to protect that data. They should ask questions even if you think you know this entity why do you need to know my email address why do you need to know my zip code why do you need my telephone number the transactions that you enter into with these entities don't require that you share that information normally if it's a registered transaction and you're buying something and you're walking away with it giving them additional information should not be a part of the deal and when you're dealing with companies online Think twice. If they are sharing data with a third party, that information needs to be transparent.
0: Lily Koenig, Associate Director of the Electronic Privacy Information Center in Washington, D.C. Lily, your website has a wealth of information. Give us the address.
2: The address is epic.org.
0: All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us on InfoTrack. Thank you. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. Next, how to keep your children from
1: being condemned to a life of money struggles and financial desperation. Coming
2: up. Don't go away. InfoTrack will be back right after this.